This episode of Disruption Nation is sponsored by James Kruger, Carey Real Estate. The real estate market's top performing agents must be more to their clients than just salespeople. At Kruger, we know good culture makes connections, builds relationships, and creates value. That's why we are here for our team as a dedicated resource for the best Houston has to offer. Helping our agents to show clients hidden value outside the walls of their homes. Another reason why Kruger Real Estate has the most five-star Zillow ratings of any firm in Houston. Join a team that does more for your success. Join a family at Kruger. for Disruption Nation, and we drop a show every Tuesday at two o'clock, and we, uh, the whole goal and, and, and focus here is to highlight people that are disrupting their space in a positive way, and uh, I'm very excited to have uh, Chandra Broughton and Tim Larson with me today. How are y'all doing? Very well. Good. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. And um, we'll, do, we'll do ladies first, you know, so we'll KW Commercial <laughs> both, by the way. But um, 45 million this year already on the books for Ms. Chandra. So congratulations. I mean, she got my attention pretty quick with some of the cool stuff that we were talking about when uh, when we met on a, at a at a Houston Real Producers event on Houston Party Bus and Kima not long ago, you know, this summer. And uh, and then and then and anyways, I figured these they're they're linked up. Okay, they're 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 a power couple in the in the in the commercial you know um, real estate world, which. I'm, I'm more so most of my podcast guests, magazine events, you know, there's definitely sprinkles of, you know, commercial in air and recognizing in, in what we do, but, um, but, you know, it, but again, like I, I haven't had a ton of, you know, commercial podcast guests. So I'm very excited. I'm very excited to start here. Thank y'all for being here first and foremost. Um, all right, Dr. Chandra, uh, uh, 2005, New York, since so you started. Okay. Um, what would you say pre-show uh, started with the wolves or something? Uh, yes, so I, I got my license in 2005 in New York City, went to work for a commercial brokerage firm immediately, and uh, essentially was raised by wolves in, in yeah. the industry. How's that coming down here? I mean, we got, we got, <laughs> we're nicer, right? Southern hospitality, is it true? Um, yeah, there's definitely some uh, more niceties in emails in New York. It's extremely direct. One-word emails are very common. Um, and also just the, the time um, in New York, everyone works 24 hours a day. Down here, people really uh, respect your family time, your weekends. Uh, they try to keep, you know, within business hours, which yeah. uh, I, I've been here since 2014, and I'm still adjusting to that. Did, is that one of the things I heard you say in our first conversation? Or tell me if I, if I made this up, but I, I think I remember you saying something along the lines of like, you know, like I, what, I, what, what I'm just used to doing work-wise for me, like down here, like I'm out working everybody, like, and then therefore your numbers reflecting it a little bit. Does that sound about right? Or? I would think so, because in some ways, you know, when I'm getting emails later in the evening that I know could wait till the next morning, it's just my habit to respond to them then. Uh, my husband yeah. definitely makes, makes me turn it off a little bit sooner than I, I have in the past. But, um, and, and just the turnaround time, if somebody asks me for something, I want to get it back to them as soon as possible. And, and I think that's because, like I said, how I was raised, things were expected immediately. Um, 
and yeah, you know, down here it is a little bit slower, but if you move a little bit quicker, it's kind of that, you know, under promise and over deliver. Respect. Awesome. So, uh, so, you know, catching up down on the timeline here. So, you know, rolling in Houston, uh, from 2014 on, and then, and then 2020, it stopped, right. Where residential kind of took off. Nobody thought it was going to happen. I mean, it was like maybe a, was a 15, 40 day lull. And then all of a sudden, you know, it, the market went bananas in the real in the residential side of things, but not 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 you know where where they were, and then uh and then it started coming back in 21, but you know I, I love it. She's like I don't like selling houses. People ask me how the market is, and I'm like oh the market's crazy, but it's it's a different deal. So you know how it is for her, and then also the referral uh, relationships and connections that she has, and Tim also with uh, with the residential market is why I was excited to have him on this show because that's you know primarily. Who we're speaking to, talking to, and uh, and, and cater to for the most part, and uh, and I, I think that this can be extremely helpful to a lot of uh, residential agents because I know, just like in most businesses and fields, there's lots of money that can be left on the table, you know, pretty easily without you know, meaning to. But anyway, I think this could help a lot of people, and that's the goal. And that's you know, appreciate that's one thing they're excited about. And um, Tim, Tim's from LA, five years in Texas, so you know we have East Coast and West Coast all landed right here in Texas. Did you meet? Uh, Chandra, right when you moved here, how'd y'all get how'd, how'd y'all get plugged plugged together in the first place? Um, we randomly met at at the office. They brought her in. They said, "Hey, we're gonna interview this girl in like two minutes. Do you want to sit down?" I was like, "All right." There's a lot of stuff like that, you know, where it's just last minute. But we had met. We have a connection, East Coast West Coast, but very similar as far as like the methods of business um, in. Los Angeles and New York and uh, or Southern California as a whole and uh, you know the way things are here in the south Texas is the south and it's like she said people are much more polite and things take time but still it's become this epicenter of business and uh, I think it will continue to do so just because it, it's the physical location of Texas versus the rest of the states. It's right in the middle of the country. As a humongous port, um, it's very travel, family friendly, and um, it's pro business. I mean, yeah. it could be 200 degrees out there and people would still move to Texas. So, talking about the weather being hot or, or you know, hurricanes, and, you know, I come from a place with earthquakes and wildfires. So, like earthquakes, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's happened a couple times. I mean, but I wouldn't base my life around that. But uh, yeah, Texas is pro-business, uh, pro-family, as far as like the schools and sports programs for the kids, uh, no state income tax. Um, pretty much everything in Texas is cheaper than, than what we're familiar with from gas, food, housing. And uh, for myself and probably Chandra included, uh, the price here, at least in Houston, is about a third of what we were paying in California. Yeah, does that carry weight with people that are here? Does that carry the most weight when you're working with out-of-town buyers that come in that are familiar, or I guess more familiar with, you know, the prices on, on the East Coast and West Coast? Because, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, if they're knowledgeable. Um, you know, well, like she said about the residential, like she said about the residential, it's, it's a motivating factor for people and their employees or whatever. But as far as what we do commercially, yeah, the cost per square foot is a little bit lower, um, you know, for warehouses or land that you can get. And there's just, there's just still opportunity. Like 
you're not going to be able to buy a large industrial property next to LAX airport. It's just, it, it's not, it's, it's done. Whereas in Houston, you still have opportunities like that. And then the, uh, the motivating factor with businesses, especially taxes and regulations and restrictions, like it blew my mind to see properties get cleared and warehouses get thrown up with and they're open for business in like two months versus something that would take like 10 years to happen. So that sort of like, you know, limited restrictions. Um, it's it's kind of like I think Texas has a has a view as far as they're gonna tax you once you get going instead of like taxing you to death before it even happens. So and also in that vein, um, we're seeing a lot of 1031 buyers coming from the big cities uh, all over the country due to the cap rates. You know, they're selling something there and in order to reinvest it, their returns up there are nothing. The numbers just don't make sense. Where they're here and buying similar property types, a lot of them are looking for, you know, triple net retail um, or apartment buildings and their returns are going to be much better and so they're making a lot more money. And so a lot more eyes are looking to Texas because of the values that are here. Yes, yeah, one thing we were talking about before is, you know, we're the third largest port in the United States, you know, number one in medical, right? You know, so there's a lot of, a lot of, a lot of draws here and then on the oil and gas that's huge down here and, uh, and just all things related. So, you know, one of the things I was, I was initially excited about, I hinted at a second ago was the partnership, you know, the, how the commercial and the residentials can you know, work together. And, uh, and, and, and I, I knew when I, we first had our conversation, I was excited about having this conversation on Disruption Nation. My dad was a commercial insurance broker for 14 years, hated it, like hated it. You work 18 months on a deal, big deal, you know, and it bust out, you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, not all, all the time, but, um, and just like, he's like, man, you know, you never, you never, you never know. Right. And, uh, and then also, because when I started my path within the residential, primarily catering to the residential, he's like, you know, like, you know, Commercial doesn't really, they don't play in the sandbox too well. And I've known that to be true, right? And you guys, you know, have, have a, a completely different, you know, more of an open mind, in my opinion. Um, so sorry, call out, you know, some of maybe the commercial agents maybe won't like that, but I just, I, I don't know. I, I think that there's enough for everybody and more partnerships and referrals and, and collaboration should happen. And y'all are very pro that in our conversation. So please speak on, uh, on, on some of that, like, you know, what, why do y'all, you know, give a shit, sorry, but, you know, what, about, you know, working with resident, with residential agents and, uh, and being on, you know, residential, for the most part, you know, podcast, Disruption Nation, because uh, I think what y'all have is pretty cool. I think having it so separated, which, I mean, I started at a strictly commercial brokerage. I never spoke to a residential agent. I never said anything about a house. Um, so even I had to change my mindset. And, you know, now I tell my res the residential agents that I work with, you know, every single person that buys a commercial property lives in a house. So by keeping us completely divided where you're just house, 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 and I'm over here doing building, 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 we're both leaving money on the table. I'm leaving that money of your referrals or leaving that money of, of the people that you have in your hand that are commercial buyers and you don't even know it. So it's really just having a conversation of a couple extra questions that the residential agent can ask their client, which when they start talking about the finances of how they're going to pay for their house, a lot of those things, when they say I'm a business owner, oh, really? What type of business? Where is your business located? How's it doing? Are you growing? I mean, right there, you've already started, you've opened 
open the door to it. And then all you have to do is make an introduction. And on the flip side, I, you know, people hear, oh, you're in real estate. I want to buy a house. I don't sell houses. So I have to give those to somebody as well. So the opportunity, I think, to work together is, is enormous. And, and just really understanding that specializing in these things, like I stay in my lane and I think no offense to anybody, but residential people should just stay in their lane. It's a completely different vocabulary, education process. Um, so I, I think everyone does better if you kind of that jack of all trades, master of none, we should all really excel at what, you know, focus on what we excel at and we'll all make more money in the end. I think that, um, Go ahead. I was going to say that, you know, we can all agree that the face of business has changed significantly and yeah. more people are working from home now than ever. Um, just with, you know, I think Chandra and myself, not to, not to date us or whatever, uh, we grew up with both pre-internet and post-internet and, it's just business is done differently now. I mean, you could be sitting in a cafe in any country in the world, still executing trades, writing contracts, signing things. And, um, you know, you can't make observations based on the way stuff used to be. I mean, it's that's over. And with a brokerage like ourselves, having that residential component and having that commercial deal, I mean, that's huge. Like just yesterday, a friend on social media shared somebody else's listing, which is miscategorized in a uh, in our MLS because residential agents don't necessarily put the properties in the proper space for commercial. And then commercial doesn't really, you know, we use different multiple listing services. Like in Houston, there's Houston Association of Realtors, har.com. Like I don't ever, I'm a subscriber, but I don't, ever even look at that like unless i'm wondering like what a neighbor's house sold for or something right and commercial yeah, yeah. uses typically uh three different services one is called loopnet and costar which parent company costars for the research loopnet's for the posting then you have crexy which is like trying to come up kind of like if there was a competitor to yahoo kind of and then you have a local one called uh comgate uh which is the Houston MLS of commercial real estate. But um, so somebody on social media said, hey, I have this listing that just came back on the market. It's actually five acres with the warehouse and they're putting it in land. So I came across, I just kind of like accidentally came across it and then, you know, shared it to somebody else, shared it to somebody else. So that, that stuff moves very rapidly. And I think having those connections, having you know, 400, 500, 1,000 residential agents running around your territory, inevitably <laughs> they're going to mention something or bring something up or, or discover something. And um, that's kind of how that relationship is blended. Although we're doing separate things, we're doing it together. So I can say, hey, I'm over here. You know, we tag people on our different listings and then that goes on other people's feeds and somebody have a question about something like, hey, my client, my hairdresser, my, my friend who's a welder, my whatever, they're happening to look for a warehouse. So that that sort of blend is kind of what we're all about. We're not necessarily trying to have them do everything that we do, but we're just kind of sharing information. Yeah, like like uh, 
both of y'all are, you know, alluding to, it's literally a couple of sentences like um, that, that, you know, that you can arm agents with, right? That can right. set you up for, for success. Um, and they get paid a referral, which is huge. They don't even yeah. have, you know. Yeah. Well, and I also think huge. the process, uh, so residential, you know, when you're ready to buy a house, you, you commit to that, you download all the apps and you spend your evenings right. really searching yeah. through yeah. and things like that. A lot of times businesses need a, a new warehouse. They need a bigger space, yeah. but they're so busy doing business. Like real estate is not their business. And so they're not necessarily going home and searching through LoopNet. They might try to here, they're there. They'll ask their assistant or somebody else on the team to try to find something. But at the end of the day, they're worried about their POs and their clients and all that stuff. So it's not something that it, it won't sell itself. When we have listings, we really have to dive into who's the best user for this, who's the best buyer for this, tie, you know, tap into our network of brokers, our, our networking groups. Um, it's a little bit more of a proactive approach where we have to go out and find the buyer. They're there, they're just too busy to look up from what they're doing to go out and look for it themselves. We have to go find them. So connecting with somebody that has those connections, has those people in their database, has those people, and, and same when we have people looking for something, you know, it's with, with the specialties that we have, if I have someone looking for land, uh, Tim does a lot of stuff in South Houston. As soon as someone says, I need something in South Houston, he's the first person I'm gonna text saying, hey, this is what I'm looking for, do you know anything? Um, and he might actually know an owner and it's not on the market yet. He's just toying with the idea. So, you know, having that, partnership and with the you know with those types of agents is really helpful to your clients i got some follow-up questions or comments but real quick please tell people how they can get a hold of y'all just ladies first chandra go ahead uh so my cell phone i still have a new york number i can't let it go is 917-743-6241 and email is chandra at c-h-a-u-n-d-r-a at kwcommercial.com LinkedIn or any social? I am on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. I have a Twitter account, but I very rarely go on it. <laughs> All right. Cool deal. All right, Mr. Uh, Tim. Same for me. Um, we just switched our platform at KW Commercial, but typically a person can go, say you want to find any commercial agent, you can go to their company's website and find them directly, but uh, Houston and then uh, obviously with our different listings, but my cell phone number via call text, whatever, 281-508-0800. My email is tlarson at kw.com. And uh, we're on LinkedIn and we're on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And oftentimes if you do find us on Facebook or Instagram, it's probably about food um because we're all we, we love food and hanging out and just fishing it's gonna be like fishing, fishing so if you see a picture of a big fish it's like me and Chandra are fishing down there or, or tacos uh houston's one of the most diverse cities in the world very similar to la and new york so if you look us up you're probably gonna see something about tacos, tacos fish. i love it Love it all. Big fishermen too. But, you know, literally the, 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 the simplicity and the suggestive, uh, like, you know, like, okay, still on the residential side, I've been hearing it for a long time. I mean, I know it's a big, most popular, like business generating question. Who do you know that's looking to buy or sell? Who do you know that's looking to buy or sell? Like it's ingrained in their brain, right? 
who do you know that's looking for a warehouse? Just add that. You're already in flow, right? It's not, you know, it's not like a detailed, complicated database app, CRM program that you got to learn to enhance your business. It's another question. And then one connection like yourselves to, you know, bridge the gap, get the referral fee, service your client. That's your fiduciary responsibility to begin with, right? Take care of people and look after their best interests. Because if they are looking for a warehouse and you don't ask the question, well, then somebody else is going to get it. And you know, I, I mean, I, I've heard the story a thousand times of how frustrating it is for an agent to find out their friend used another realtor. So I think that this could be a way to uh, put more money in your pocket, help people more, and just it's 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 just it's it's a win-win all the way around. So um, and then and then just to kind of you know you know uh, thought jog or brainstorm with you know anybody that's watching or listening a little bit further on how you could you know make some money out of you know having a connection or a relationship with somebody like. Sam or Chandra, you know, we were talking pre-show and there's, um, you know, eight to 10 different, you know, okay, we said warehouse, it's one, right? But you said, Tim, that there's eight to 10 different markets within, you know, the residential or within the commercial, sorry. Um, so please elaborate on. Um, well, I would, I would just to go back to what you were talking about a minute ago, if you're a residential agent, like, or you're an insurance agent, whatever, whatever you're doing, you know, you want to be that resource for people in that industry. So if it's a real estate related question, I would love to help you. Even if it's outside of my wheelhouse, I can refer you to a real estate attorney. I can refer you to a you know, accountant, a CPA. I can refer you to a home inspector, whatever it might be. And asking that one other question, I mean, think about it. If you're sitting there in your barber's chair and you're asking somebody, is this space working for you? You know, is you, wherever you go, like, are you planning on opening more restaurants? You know, it's just a, it's an open-ended question and it just gets the ball rolling. It gets people thinking about you for real estate. Like, Hey, my niece needs a place to lease or whatever it may be. Uh, but yeah, commercial leases and sales and listings. I mean, it, it takes a while for, you know, the, the turnaround time on a residential listing is 30 to 45 days. Commercial it's going to be, 100 to 120 days once you're in contract so it's longer the fees for service are higher based on the volume but there's a lot of opportunity for people to get in and refer like that and get in a fifteen thousand dollar referral check is real you know and uh as far as the different categories you have uh retail centers which you know any local restaurant or barber or dentist or whatever, they're, they're in those. Then you have office buildings, uh, industrial warehouses, uh, land for development or just land for parking. Um, you know, you have multifamily, which is apartment buildings, um, mobile home, RV parks, you have storage. It's a lot of different, a lot of different trades, a lot of different industries, a lot of different things, and everyone is different, um, but similar. I mean, even the way Chandra briefly mentioned it before, like about staying in your lane, it's not, it's not a disrespect thing. It's just like the terminology is so different. And like, for instance, if you're getting quoted a cost for lease on a house, right, you're getting the actual price, like it's twenty one hundred. Where if you're getting quoted a cost for lease on a retail spot or an office, it's like they'll give you a cost per square foot and then they hit you a little bit later with that other part. So 
it could be like say $1.25 per square foot or dollar plus another, you know, 50 cents per square foot. So you would naturally think like, why are they telling me $1.25, $1.50 when it's really $2? There's just the way, it's just the way it's broken down. And then there's bid out terms and there's um, just, a, you know, it's just, it's just a different entity, but they, they work together. And that's what I think residential agents need to understand. Um, if anybody's looking to get into it, there's a lot of courses and, and trainings online and just sit in a seminar, find out. Like when I was doing residential, first part of my career, um, short sales broke out in 2009 and 10. Nobody knew how to do them, but I could, I picked up a book. I went to some trainings, like you can learn. And uh, I would just, I would just get a, get a good working relationship. If they, if anybody's interested in getting into commercial, just find an agent you feel comfortable talking to, you know, talk to them, shadow them. I mean, any agent is willing to pay you for your, for your contribution initially when you don't know anything that's why they're not really going to pay you more than a referral it's because you're not in fact having somebody shadow me sometimes takes more away from me but i'm looking at it as like development maybe training them teaching them you know to where they can contribute at some point but um i guess where i'm going is like the two the two industries blend um you know we have people relocating i mean you might have somebody that yeah, we're bringing 50 employees over here. Like, I'm not going to go sell 50 houses. Like, so it's, it's not all the time, but it does, it does go back and forth. And, uh, um, it's a big, it's a big need. I mean, commercials out there. Huge untapped. Huge. It's just hugely untapped period, you know, and between residential and commercial, like they're like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, they've never been together over yourself, both on both sides, you know, well, and I think it's also, you know, not understanding that they're vastly different and just, you know, one of the reasons I don't do residential is I'm not wired for it. So I, the biggest difference between residential and commercial is residential is all emotions. You're dealing with people who are buying houses for their families. They're thinking about what memories they're going to create. They're thinking about paint colors and holidays and things like that. Commercial, it is all numbers. It is a business decision. The emotions are not there. You might get some anger here and there, but yeah, well, I love so numbers. Fun. I love a spreadsheet. I love that every conversation goes back to what's the bottom line? What's my return? I'm not talking about somebody's emotions. So, and that's just how I'm wired. I love numbers. I don't love people's emotions as much. <laughs> so I think there's people out there that say the, the opposite. They love people. They love that you know, that journey with them, but they don't really like math and numbers and, and would rather not. So I, like you said, that's where that collaboration comes in. And I think also like one of the things that people could do during COVID, one of the things we saw come back, thanks to the pandemic, I guess you could say, is small businesses. We had seen small businesses were really hurting and falling off. And when people got furloughed and, and lost their jobs and started working from home, we saw cookie businesses and e-commerce businesses and all these things starting up in people's living rooms and garages. And now those businesses need space because they've grown out of their house. So that is something that, you know, a residential agent, they, they do very well on social media, um, you know, asking questions to people, polls, you know, what's your favorite, uh, you know, Thanksgiving side dish or whatnot. But you could ask, you know, who started a business during COVID? What is it? Well, all those responses you get are people that now run businesses out of their houses. 
there's your database right there of people that might need to find retail space or warehouse space. So it's something as simple as asking that question, yeah. saying, here's my commercial partner, let's find you a space. Because we've had a lot of people in the last couple of years looking for those 1,500 square foot, 2,000 square foot spaces to move businesses that they just started or they started insurance companies. Uh, because a lot of people had to transition their jobs in the last two years and start something new. I, I think it's awesome. I mean, it's the power of suggestive selling. I mean, that's all it is. It's like, oh man, I never thought about that. You know what? Yes, I actually, one, I am. I or like my brother is, or my neighbor down the street, like Bob's like, he's been trying to find something and I don't think he's having any luck. Those conversations are real. Can I add one point know. about residential agents? And yeah, please. Which is, it's a very unique thing. Um, Although real estate is out there and it's one of the biggest industries, it's one of the core industries. I mean, I think it's a third or half of all business, like it's all real estate related. Um, we're like 15, 20 years behind. Like our MLSs are outdated, our forms are outdated, everything's like, but you know, we have people from 20 years old to 85 years old. But I will say this about residential agents. They are some of the most, as far as marketing goes, they are some of the most creative, um, you know, out there on the forefront people. I mean, they're, they're in it, you know, I mean, anybody could, I, some of them do real estate, but they have a lot of other gifts. I mean, this, the TikTok videos, the Instagram, the Facebook, the, the just, they're out there, they're creative, they're very creative, very large bases. So that would be my thing to them is just to, you know, be it myself or Chandra or anybody, just get a partner and ask that one other question. Say, hey, you know, do you have any business needs? Is this, is this podcast studio in your home working out or do you want to try to like move it up to whatever? Or do you want to, you know, your, your, you know, online business you know you've now you've grown it do you need a little warehouse thing do you need a little shipping container whatever it may be but a lot of people like to bash on uh residential agents and i'll give them hats off man i mean you guys are out there doing it i mean they're they're really getting it and they've been through a lot of different things a lot of different cycles mm -hmm. but as far as like especially this younger generation like i will never <laughs> discount somebody who's only been an agent for six months or only been an agent for three. I don't even care if they're an agent or two years or five years. It's like, oh, well, they don't know anything because they, they know more about what's going on now than anybody. And, you know, the online presence is a big deal and you can't discount that. And their, their reach and their touches and how many people they affect and all that. I mean, that's really where it's at. So if you don't have any skill set, you think you don't have any skills, but you can sell something online, be it, you know, a basketball hoop or whatever it may be, you can kind of employ those same systems and practices to real estate. Now you're just moving in a different asset, being a little more descriptive, you know, take your license and start getting paid. I like to I got, say commercial is behind the times. We're still, we still love send letters. We still have to like pound the pavement and shake hands. Um, a lot of stuff is not done online still. We, you know, a million phone calls. I mean, we still send letters. We still send letters. So, um, and some of the most they work. in the world, in the world um, my, my old boss in New York, 
his one of the things that's made him an absolute success is he sends quarterly letters to his entire database. So the old school still kind of holds strong uh, in our in our industry. So that there is that opportunity for the residential agents that are really that on TikTok and Instagram and doing these videos and to touch so many people that are in that generation and and on and using that platform that have needs that didn't realize that they could find an answer to their needs in those in those arenas. So I guarantee you, if, if somebody listening, because speaking of all that, you're right. And um, and I, I think that if, if anybody on the residential side paying attention to this, it's like, okay, that does make sense. You know, I'm going to, you know, maybe ask a couple different questions, you know, as I'm going through my deal, try this, write a two second, two sentence post on any platform, doesn't matter if you're on LinkedIn, Facebook, a page, a group, right? And just ask, like, hey, does anybody know anybody look for a warehouse? That's it. Question mark. Done. Just sit back and wait and wait and see if anybody bites on it. And then you got two solid connections right here. Or if you already have commercial connection, whatever. But I mean, you got two good resources here. I, I, I'd be surprised. You'd have a hand if 10 people did that and you didn't get, you know, like two out of 10, at least guests in there. But um, it's, it's literally that easy. I, I, I do it all the time, you know, trying to help people. They'll ask me to ask a question to, you know, to my community. And I'm more than happy to because nine times out of 10 residential related, I can, I can, I can, I can bridge the gap. I can make the connection. And that's what it's all about. I'm, uh, I'm about to, you guys killed it, did great. I'm about to wrap us up and get us out of here. I got a couple of short, short questions for you. Um, Tim, go you, you first this time. You're doing ladies first slide. What's what's the last book you read or your favorite book you ever read? Um, this goes back to uh, uh, my grandfather asked him about Pearl Harbor and he, uh, he gave me a book called At Dawn We Slept, which is like a war trials thing. And it's... Um, it's about Pearl Harbor, and it was like 1,300 pages, and I wasn't expecting that. But um, it's a little dry at the beginning, first 400, but then it gets going. And long story short, it just talks about how the Army and the Navy weren't talking. And that kind of, it's funny you ask, because that's basically what we're talking about right now. Like, commercial that's and residential good. are not talking. Yeah. And it's like, hey, I'm noticing this over, like, they would find, like, <laughs> unmanned stuff. Army, Navy. They would find like, you know, somebody, a spy, they're watching like burning documents and all this unmanned subs and other guys are like, hey, we saw these fools over here doing it, but they didn't tell each other. And that was one of the biggest things after the fact was uh, the communication. So it's funny you asked, but that's, it's called that Domi Sub. I highly recommend that book. It's long. That's good. It, name again? You cut out a second ago. At Dawn We Slept. Got it. Okay. Uh, Chandra, favorite book or last book? Uh, can I do two? <laughs> you can do two. All right. No, uh, one. I'm just kidding. Just, uh, so the, the last two that really had an impact on me that I finished recently, one is Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. And yeah. a book about living um, a life with vulnerability, which a lot of people would think is a weakness. And actually vulnerability is one of your biggest strengths. Um, and one of the things she points on is that, you know, people who are in the military put themselves in the most vulnerable positions that anybody could put themselves in. And there's not a single person that would say that, that, that a military person is a weak person. So the mindset that vulnerability is a weakness is an absolute lie um, and how it really opens up um, your life and your relationships. And it's like your personal relationships and your business relationships if you really tap into that side of your psyche. Uh, the other one is leaders eat last. Um, 
And that one, it's kind of, I have, my brother's in the military, so I guess this military thing has a theme about how the higher, the highest people in the military um, are at the end of the line in the mess halls. All of the younger soldiers eat first. And just the establishing that good leaders are not the ones that yeah. go first and, and take the best. They're the ones that foster people underneath them and make sure that they get the nourishment first and, and, and how to build them. And then they eat last. And so those were probably the two that really, really stuck with me. Respect, go give your mindset. You guys did great. Oh, I got one more fun question. East coast, West coast. Okay. What's your favorite <laughs> restaurant? Sean? What's your favorite restaurant? Sean, do you first? Here in Houston? Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh. Hmm. Sam, you go first. What do you think? Okay, let me think, because I like to eat a lot of things. <laughs> I would say anywhere downtown. Um, you know, we, growing up, probably 95% of our cuisine is, like, Hispanic-based. And uh, there's a really good yeah. restaurant near uh, the stadium, the baseball stadium. And then, uh, obviously, Japanese. I mean, it's, it's Houston is so diverse. Um, it would be impossible to name one. It would be impossible. But... Anywhere downtown. <laughs> yeah. So the last one that I went to that I really was like was so good was uh, it's called Number Thirteen. It's in Galveston and it's like a steakhouse seafood spot. I'm a I love a good steak and I love oysters. So when you can put the two together, uh, it's got a beautiful view of the water. I'm definitely a water person. So yeah, right the into Galveston. It's great uh, yeah. date. date then- if you're looking for it. Any one of my Louisiana neighbors, crawfish boils, those are great too. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. All of them. No, just, it's legit. We all move here just for, I think, for the crawfish. I swear. Legit. Straight up. <laughs> uh, I got one more question for you. Chandra, what's your favorite product or brand that you can't live without? Amazon. I order everything from Amazon. <laughs> and how about you? um well i'd say my iphone i mean it's everything you know we're thinking about how much money i give to amazon every month but i use my iphone more than Amazon. (laughs) i use that more probably more that thing is like we're in a relationship together wake up i'm looking for it right i feel sorry for my kids because i look at my phone more and i'm like no all right uh last time tell people how they can get a hold of you before i close this out of here chandra you first Oh, cell phone is 917-743-6241. Email is Chandra, C-H-A-U-N-D-R-A at kwcommercial.com. Myself is 281-508-0800. Or my email is T-L-A-R-S-O-N at kw.com. Guys, thank you so much for checking us out on Disruption Nation. Um, you can download us, your favorite podcast app, subscribe to the YouTube channel, drop a show um, every Tuesday at two o'clock. This one's sponsored by uh, KRE Real Estate, Kruger Real Estate. And um, we're here to help you add value to the real estate community. People are disrupting their space in a positive way. And, uh, and, and Tim and Shonda are doing that for sure. You know, segueing and uniting Army and Navy with commercial and residential Hey, great job, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I appreciate it. So, Can I add one time. more thing? Yeah. Can I add one ahead, more thing? Yeah. Okay. okay. So Chandra touched on it earlier about commercial real estate being about not necessarily emotional. It's based on the math. And the big thing about commercial real estate is called the capitalization rate. 
And it's a very simple formula. You have your gross income of a business or, or you know, a shopping center or a couple of business, a warehouse. You deduct their expenses. So you take your gross minus your expenses will give you your net income. If you don't really know what those are, typically it's like a rule of thumb is going to be about 35%. Take 35% off of that gross. That's your net income. Divide that net income by your price. Okay, so now it's going to be like 6.7, 7.5. And in Houston and in Texas, anything <sighs> above six is fantastic from any state. And those numbers are common here. Whereas if you go to Los Angeles or New York, you're talking about 3% rate of return on your money. So that's why people are coming to Texas. That's why they're going to Florida. That's why they're going to Arizona. It's the rate of return on your money. And if somebody throws out a term or two, you call it, what's the cap rate? What's the cap? Like, it's a very simple formula. It's the net divided by the income or the net divided by the price. And uh, that's your rate of return. And that's how they gauge value. And that's how they look around. So if you have a, that's, that's commercial one-on-one. It's like people want a higher cap rate. So six, seven, 11. And if you find something that's like 14, call me. <laughs> we got you. Bottom line, if you, you know, next time you have a conversation, ask somebody if they're looking to buy a warehouse or who they know that's looking to buy. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Put, the, put the question out there. One more that's question. It. All right. You guys did a good Thank job. You. I enjoyed it. I look forward to hanging out again. Hopefully it's on a boat. Maybe that was pretty cool to meet y'all right. for the first time. But anyway, until next time, guys, we'll see you back, Disruption Nation, on the next episode. Thank you. Thanks, Taylor.